Jesus is in this room. Jesus is in this room right now. And is it a comfort to you? Is it a comfort to you knowing that Jesus is in this room? Is it a comfort to you knowing where you're going to spend eternity at Jesus' feet? Or does that make you uncomfortable? Are you uncomfortable to hear about that? Because if, you, if you've got Jesus in your heart, man, you know there's no worries. And you know it. You're, you're confident in that. I'm thankful the Lord placed that in my heart. God placed the Holy Spirit in me. And He gives me the confidence that I need to live. And to be thankful of my eternity. I spent years unsure of my eternity. I spent years not knowing. But I know I called on the name of the Lord and He saved me. And I just I ask this a lot, but if you haven't done that, please do. Please do that. You'll sleep better at night if nothing else. I do. I do. I'm thankful, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. I'm going to sing that for eternity. Holy are you, Lord. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to be, is to come. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. We know that you are here with us. And so thankful that we can rest, we can lay everything at your feet, all the junk and stuff that's going on in the world we can overlook that because we know that's not our end and that's not our destination it's what's here on earth it's what we can't see the faith that we have in you is that's where it's at lord and we place our trust in you we thank you and we rejoice in you today and let's give the lord one more shout of praise come on one two three come on yes thank you lord thank you god for your presence here All right, this morning, let's get into the word, the message. I'm starting a a few Christmas messages over the next few weeks. And this first one, the title is Astounding, and it's different. It's called Merry Christmas. Yeah, I know, I know. Surprise. But week one, we're going to talk about today, she said yes. Not to the dress, she just said yes. Okay? Um... In our Merry Christmas series, we're going to start with the angel's announcement to Mary. And it, it's a story that we know is deeply personal and private in the beginning, yet ultimately became very public as well as surprising. And every year, the Christmas story is retold. And as pastors, you know, I've only been doing the senior pastor thing for a couple of years, but you think every year, oh, I've got to come up with something for Christmas. What am I going to talk about? It's the same story. So what am I going to say? You know, what am I going to talk about? But... We've all been a part of the Christmas story. In fact, some of us may have been an animal in the nativity scene at one point or another throughout your life. Anybody? You've been in plays, Christmas plays? Okay, a few people. All right. So we know what that's like. Um, And it all started with a young virgin named Mary. She lived with family in Nazareth. We know Nazareth is a word for forgettable. You know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And it's hardly a favorable beginning when the least known and least likely person coming from an out-of-the-way town that is considered essentially of no value is chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world. 
But this is often the case with God in dealing with mankind. He doesn't always choose who man thinks would be the best for the job. Right? As witness to me being up here. <laughs> but we're going to start in, uh, going along with that. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That sometimes who God chooses isn't who you would expect him to choose. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 27 through 29. And I'll also encourage you guys, especially any new believers, the Version Bible app. We kind of publicize it here in the beginning pre-service slides, but get that app on your phone. It's very handy to have as you follow along in the scripture if you don't have a Bible with you or you can kind of have your Bible everywhere you're going. Also, it has devotions. Anybody go through things in life? I should have been every hand in here. So who didn't raise your hand, you'll be up here about 25 minutes praying for forgiveness. But it's got all kinds of uh, devotion plans on it too. Like if you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with your spouse, your kids. They've got all kinds of devotions and biblically based devotions that will help you through those seasons in life. So it's called the Version Bible app. If you don't have it, get it. We can also read plans together. I like when people comment, though, and if you don't comment, then I'm going to get on to you. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29, it says, Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Now, again, how often do we mistake human preferences and strengths and ingenuity for those of God's? You know, his ways are higher than ours. We understand that, I hope. God's ways are higher than ours. And this means that we can't imagine, we can't comprehend them, we can't understand them. They're beyond our reach, they're beyond our comprehension, okay? Who of us in this room would go to the least person in the most out-of-the-way location, one that has a poor reputation at that, and choose a person who will influence the world forever? None of us would. We wouldn't do that. But that's what God has done here. We go instead to the best universities. We all want our kids to go to the best universities. I can't afford that, so Brylan's going to have to settle for something else or get a scholarship, so... Um, or companies and, and choose someone with an impressive resume. We do that. Companies do that. The best of the best. We want that. God doesn't look at us like that. Thank the Lord. Because I wouldn't be up here. My resume doesn't scream, hire that guy. It just screams, this guy loves Jesus. He loves his word and he loves people. And that was good enough for God to select me to be here with you guys today. Not making a pitch for next week. It's in his hands. He's in control. <laughs> but he chooses the unseen, the humble, the ones who don't need attention and the spotlight because they know it's nothing within them that gets the job done. It's the Holy Spirit that's working through them that helps them accomplish what God's called them to. Okay? So we are aware of our shortcomings, our disadvantages, but God looks past those things. He chooses the unlikely, the least qualified, 
the most aware of their shortcomings. Sinners, after all, make the best saints. We know we need forgiveness. We know we're not perfect. And it's not about popularity in God's kingdom when he's asking you to do something. It's simply about obedience. What would you like me to do, Lord? Okay, I'll do it. I'll be obedient in that. That's all he's looking for. Let's go to Luke for this story about Mary. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. If you didn't see on our Facebook page, if you don't follow our page, do it now. So church Facebook page, we are in the middle of reading all of Luke from the 1st of December until the 24th. And again, you can comment on what you're reading, what you got out of it. Well, we're doing that on Facebook, and we also have Instagram. For those of you who don't know what Instagram is, it's another social media platform. Uh, All the cool kids are on there. They're over there, those cool kids. But we have a church page on there as well. So, All right, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary... She was engaged to be married to a man named, okay, just seeing if you're paying attention, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, what? (laughs) But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So this morning, for a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit on the subject of, she said yes. She said yes. So Gabriel comes to Mary with this message from God, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Any of the ladies in here heard that before? I don't know, I was just asking. (laughs) Mary understood the implications of this greeting, which is precisely why it kind of troubled her. Because that is what God spoke to Old Testament judges and prophets, neither of which she thought herself to be. Now, this is not me, so why is he talking to me like this? And what can this mean was her response, her alarm, confused response. And if we put ourselves in this setting with Mary, let's say that we're in her shoes. Not literally, because that's weird if you're a guy. Um, Because you're not going to get pregnant, no matter what the world's trying to do. (laughs) but let's put ourselves in her shoes and an angel appears before us would we be calm would we be alarmed would we be confused probably Um, we wouldn't probably have some whole hum oh hello angel 
Good to see you today. What have you to say to me? We, we wouldn't be like that. We'd be the same. We'd have the same response that she has and, and maybe have some doubt or maybe question what in the world's going on. I have an angel in front of me talking to me. But she was promised a child, something in itself that was not unusual nor unanticipated. Most Jewish girls were married and had children. But most, um, make that probably all, Jewish girls had a partner to have children with and they still do. But this child would not be just any child, but it's, 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 he's going to be the son of the Most High God, the promised descendant of King David, who was to rule forever. So what's going through her mind in this moment? She says, again, how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel had told Mary something so unheard of, and this would also potentially keep her isolated and distant from people because who's going to believe a teenage girl that says, I am pregnant by the Holy Spirit of God. Go ahead and try to say that to people around here in the world today and they'll say you're crazy. Who's going to believe her? So her question wasn't a lack of faith or trust. She really just wanted to know, uh, how's this going to happen? You know, what's this look like? Because she was a virgin and no one had ever heard of anything like this. And again, the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and the eternal word of the Father was to become flesh in Mary's womb. And her response was, I am the Lord's servant, after she gets over the shock and alarm of what's going on, I'm the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true. So she said, yes, so be it, let it happen as you have said. And that shows me what trust she had and who God was. What obedience Mary showed and what cost she would face in her obedience to God. I think sometimes our obedience is lacking because of what it's going to cost us to listen to God and do what he says to do. Is your faith costing you anything right now? Is it costing you some extra time away from the phone? Is it costing you some extra time from sleeping? Is it cost, I mean, what in our obedience is it costing us anything? How far does our obedience go? You know, it's, it's not always a matter of personal convenience. I'll be obedient today because I got some extra time today. But what an outcome we have to when we say yes to Jesus, when we're obedient to what God calls us to do. We're, we're participating when those things happen throughout our days. I'm going to be obedient to what I feel God telling me to do right now. We're, we're, we're participating in the divine nature of God. And, and our reluctance to things sometimes can be pushed aside when we're obedient and just say, yes, yes, God, I'll do this. I'll do this. And Mary did that. She said, yes, she heard from God through an angel of the Lord. And she said, yes. But how many times has God asked, asked, asked us to do something? And were we obedient to it? And I can stand up here and tell you, I, I wish I could say every time the Lord has told me to do something or every time I felt prompted in the Holy Spirit to do something, I said yes and I ran with it. But that's not always been the case. And I know there's a lot of you in here that's the same for you. But he calls us to be obedient and ask us to do things, even when those things are uncomfortable. You know, what's the most uncomfortable thing you've had to do for God? If you can't come up with anything, are you truly being obedient at all times? Because sometimes it is uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone to do what God's called you to do. Are you hearing me this morning? You got to stretch yourself sometimes. And one of the many ways to worship and glorify God is through obedience. 
Say yes to God. In all things, even the mundane things that you don't think are very big, it's a great way to show your love and respect for him and obedience. Also, when we're obedient to him, it helps us grow closer to him because we hear his voice and we do what he asks us to do. Now, some of us, I know it's none of you guys because you're awesome and you're holy, super spiritual in here, but some of us prefer, prefer excuses instead of obedience. And you say things like, well, I'm human. I make mistakes. I get that. But sometimes that's a cop-out, too. Amen, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> but instead of using I'm human as an excuse to walk in the flesh, why don't we start saying I'm saved as a reason to walk in the Spirit? You cop out so many things. I'm human. I'm human. I've heard it from people tell me, all, oh, we're just human. We're just human. We make mistakes. Why, why don't we start saying I'm saved I've stopped making those mistakes now because now I'm, lead, I'm led by the Spirit of God in me. I don't have to make those same mistakes over and over again. I can be obedient to what the Word of God tells me to do. All right, that's good. And, and every command God asks of us isn't just for His sake, but it's for ours as well. The call to obedience is for our benefit. He knows what's best for us and how to grow us into stronger people and followers of Christ. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And Mary said yes. We can say yes this morning to what God's asking us to do. And you don't say yes to, to what God's calling you to do because of what people have said or will say about you. I know some people want, I'm waiting. You know, they've heard from God. They've literally heard God say something to them and to do something. But they want extra confirmation. I'm waiting until someone else comes up and tells me the same thing. Are they more important than the God of the universe? But we do that. Lord, if you'll just send one more. Okay, you sent one. If you'll send me, this kind of goes along with Gary Rayburn's testimony a little bit. If you'll send me another sign that you're really telling me to do that, how many do you need before you're obedient? It should just take the Lord's voice, his spirit in you saying, do it for you to do it. Okay? Oh. And, and along with that, if God's put a calling on your life, it doesn't matter what people say to you about it. It's your calling, not theirs. Amen. I love saying that to people in a nice, loving way. <laughs> Rick, you should do this. Well, this is the calling that God's placed on my life, so I'm going to listen to him before I listen to you. That sounds a little mean, but just trying to tell you, listen to God's voice. Okay, You don't need confirmation or you don't need people to give... Uh, their two cents in some things when you know God's calling you to do something. That's your calling, not theirs. Saying yes to God can feel scary at times. Anybody been there? I'm, up, I'm, I'm there every week about 10 o'clock. And every Wednesday about 7 o'clock. It's scary. I still get scared coming up here. That's okay though because it's him in me that's allowing me to do this. It's nothing about Rick. It's about who God is in me and through me. Okay? But it's scary sometimes. It's, it's like that feeling you get. Anybody ever, this, kids, don't do this. Please don't do this. Maybe I shouldn't even say it. Yes, I should. When I was a kid, I thought it would be so daring and cool to jump off the side of our house. And we did it. The trick was, from what we saw on TV and things, and people told us, was once you land, you roll real quick, and it takes out a lot of force out of your legs, so nothing bad happens. So I, you know, and being obedient to God sometimes feels like that, 
not, not like you're jumping off a house. Again, don't do that. But that feeling you get inside when you're getting ready to do something that's really got your nerves wound up and you're all, ah, anxiety's kicking in. That's how we feel sometimes when God says, go do this. It's that same feeling. And I remember being up on that house. I'm not, I'm not really crazy about heights. A couple years ago, didn't we go somewhere? Colorado. Well, I knew we went there. But it had this old castle kind of thing that this guy had built. I mean, he built it all. And it had these places you could go up high in it and these little tight winding staircases. And I got in one and I froze. It's like, Sarah, go on ahead. I'm not feeling so good. Or something. But I didn't like, I don't like heights that much. When I get kind of high and I don't have, you know, it doesn't feel too safe. But... I'm sitting, you know, sitting on the side of the house, having these feelings and this, this fear and anxiety. And that's what it feels like sometimes when God says, Rick, do this. Rick, go pray with that person in Walmart. Rick, go, go do this because my Holy Spirit and you prompting you to do it. And then the nerves kick in. Go witness to this person. No, no, no. That's where I draw the line, Lord. I will not do what you called us to do while we're here on this earth. But it feels like that, and, you're, and you want to jump, and, and you're like, ah, and your knees are shaking, and you want to do this thing for God, but you're so scared to. And even if you just need to step in, do it. If it's a baby step, just go and do what he's asked you to do. You know, I, I remember being on that roof, this isn't near as high, and thinking, what are you doing, you idiot? You're going to break your legs. Or anything like that where you're up high and, and the nerves kick in and the fear kicks in. And I feel like that sometimes about being obedient with God when all he's asking me to do is just do what I tell you to do. Do what I say to do. And what's that look like? Lord, right now I'm asking you, what do you want me to do? And he says it and he tells you. And then instead of fear kicking in, our faith should kick in about who he is through us. Remember, it's not about us. If he's called me to do something, he's going to accomplish it through me and equip me for it. So he's just saying, go. That's it. I know that's not very high, but that's the best I could do. <laughs> I thought about jumping off the stage, but I'll be 46 in 12 days. <laughs> but we just got to, when he calls you to do something, just do it. Just step and take that step and keep taking those steps in obedience to him. Because again, if he's called you to it, he will make sure you succeed in it if you're relying on him. Okay? That's that fear that kicks in. And we get overwhelmed by it. It almost paralyzes us sometimes. Even living a life of holiness. Some, sometimes that scares people. But God calls us to be set apart, to be different, to be obedient to his word. And saying yes to God. You know, it's not a, Rick, I've, I've called you to, to work in youth ministry. Now, Rick, I'm... You've proved faithful in that. You've done what I've asked you to do. And you've allowed me to work through your ministry. I'm, I'm going to promote you. And at first, I didn't want to put my name in. Because you guys are scary. <laughs> I've dealt with teenagers for 13 years. And coached in sports. I can deal with teenage attitudes. Adults. <laughs> Adults that are already set in their ways and know the best way to do everything. That's different. Not you guys, you're good. But it comes with a lot more responsibility. It comes with a lot more challenges. It comes with a lot more things that I hadn't really even been privy to. But God said, move. And next week he may say, 
move out. <laughs> Hope that's not the case. But I, when I started, I, I, I was nervous. I was scared. And again, I still have those feelings. But I, I also know, and I said this to people in that transition, like, I can't do that. And then you're right, you can't. But God can inside of you as you're obedient. That's the thing. You don't walk in your own strength, in your own power, in your own know-how, in your own whatever. You walk in his spirit. And he provides everything you need to get it accomplished. Do I always do it right? No. Am I learning every single day? Yes. Have I made mistakes in the two years I've been pastoring? Yes. I'm okay to admit those, but I'm learning from them to be better the next time when situations come up, and that's all we can all do. But the big thing is to be obedient to what God gives you and the opportunities. You know, participate in those things, and, and that's a plan for your life that God has. Participate in the things he's asking you to do. How many times are we going to miss out on something because we ignored the voice of the Lord telling us to do something? Even more, how much is that person that you're supposed to talk with missing out because you weren't obedient as well? What are you doing today that is preparing you for the future God has for you and the future you are hoping for? We've got to take care of the small things that God's placed in your life before he's going to bless us with bigger things. Okay? Are you showing him that you're a good shepherd with what he's given you? By obeying in all things, by saying yes to whatever he's asking of you, even in the mundane. Are you showing God that you're willing and able to do whatever he wants you to do? Are you like Mary and, and are you saying yes? And, and I want to also say this, that obeying God should never be a burden to you. It's never a burden. Coming to work every day, being here at the church is not a burden. It's a blessing. No matter how hard the day might be. No matter if I have to preach a funeral or I get to preach a celebration of life. Whatever it is, it's not a burden. It's a blessing to do what God's called you to do, even in the, mo in the moments that is very difficult. It's still a blessing. Okay? It's a joy. It's a way of worshiping him and growing in my faith. And, and I think in life, we're most satisfied in life when we're in right relationship with God. If you, if you tell me my life's horrible, it's going the wrong way, it's, uh, nothing's, you know, nothing's working out, I'm struggling, I'm doing this, I'm doing that... I usually ask people, are you still studying? Are you still reading your word? Are you praying? Are you spending time alone with God? And more times than not, what do people tell me? I'm not. Well, that's disobedience. And when you're walking out of the will of God, it's going to be tough. When you're disobeying what God would like you to do in your life, it's going to be hard. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. If you obey what God calls you to do, you're still going to have things that are difficult. But you're walking in the will of God, and he's going to provide for you a way out if you need it, the blessing when you need it, whatever it is, he's going to provide. Because you're staying in his will. When you start disobeying and not doing the things you need to do to build that relationship, you're getting out of the will of God's life, or his life for you. You're getting out of that will. Not a good place to be. Say yes, like Mary did. Say yes to what God has for you. Our praise team would come back up. You know what I love about God? A lot of things, you would say. <laughs> but he sees things in me that other people can't see. 
He sees things in you that other people can't see. He sees them. And sometimes people will try to push you down or make you feel insignificant in life. Sometimes our own thoughts will try to convince us that we don't measure up. But here's another great thing about God. He looks beyond the mistakes you've made and still uses you for his kingdom. You know, Rick, I've made a lot of them. I've really messed up things. He looks beyond those things, even when people around you won't. And he redeems you and he restores you. And you're still valuable to him. If you stand this morning... I'm going to challenge you with a couple questions. Has God been asking you to do something? Has he been asking you to do something lately? And then the follow-up with that is, have you been obedient to it? Have you been obedient to what he's asked you to do? Have you been obedient in the small things he asked you, like study the word to show yourself approved? like talking to me to build relationship, praying. The little things, like taking time out of your day to set aside and just worship the Lord and let his presence saturate you to wash things away that are troubling you. Have you done these little things? And if your answer this morning is no, my question is, will you say yes to him today? Will you say yes to him today? I'll be obedient like Mary was. I'm willing to say yes Mary, by saying yes, she was willing to seek God and develop intimacy with him to understand what this plan was. She was willing to believe that that God can do what he said he would do. She was willing to believe that, saying yes to that. Here's another thing about Mary. She She was willing to surrender her will for God's will. Gets us in trouble sometimes. I want to do this, I want to do that, but is that what God wants for you? Don't get out of his will. She chose to trust God. And this morning, will you say yes? Will you say yes to whatever God is calling you to do? Maybe this morning God's calling your heart to salvation. You don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you, and you felt since you've been in here today, man, what is this stirring in my heart? What, what is going on? And that's God calling you to a place of repentance to turn your life around and give it to Jesus. Surrender to him this morning. Maybe you're in here this morning, you've walked away from the Lord. You stopped doing the things that you know you're supposed to do to be obedient to him, to keep that relationship going, and you've just walked away. I'm telling you right now, if you'll turn around the other direction from wherever the enemy is trying to take you down, if you'll turn around, God's right here with open arms ready to bring you back home. Just like that. As you ask for forgiveness and give your life back to him. Maybe God's asked you to do something that nobody in this room knows about, but you and him. I'm challenging you to come up this morning and say, yes, God, I will do it. I don't know how you're going to make this way. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm going to trust in you to provide what needs to be provided in order for this to happen. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to say yes this morning. As you guys bow your heads and we pray and we worship. God, I thank you. I thank you for Mary's yes. I I thank you for obedience to what you call us to do. God, there are days we wake up 
and the spiritual side of things, we just don't feel. We're just not there, God. We're not in that moment that you'd like us to be with you. And God, I pray right now that we would all begin to say yes to the things that you're asking us to do. God, we don't want to miss out on blessing. We don't want to miss out on ministry because we let fear, we let anxiety, we let these things take control of us instead of the peace that passes all understanding working through us and trusting that you're going to make a way. So Father, right now this morning as we open up the altars for healing, for salvation, for rededications, just for your presence, God, to, to just lift us up and encourage us this morning. I just pray for hearts to respond and to know that you are a good father, that you care about us, that you love us, that you want the best for us, but you do ask us to be obedient in your things, God. So we, Father, we just give this altar time to you, ask for hearts to respond, ask for pride to go out the window and for hearts to be softened for you to move like you'd like to move this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh
somebody in here this morning right now in life it's a struggle for you you've been around church your whole life but that's still a struggle for you right now you maybe even didn't want to be here today you maybe don't even like showing up every week but you're doing it but I just want to warn you that going through the motions of a relationship with God will not bring you close to God. And you have to own your faith. You have to own it. It's a relationship that you and God develop together. It's not one-sided. He loves you. And if you love Him, there's obedience to that. But you're walking around not right now and you're kind of numb to things of church. You're kind of numb and, and you're actually flirting with going the other way in a place that the enemy is wanting to destroy you. And you need to know that this morning, that this numbness, this apathy, this whatever you have towards church right now in your faith needs to stop before you head in a direction that you do not want to go. He's given you warning signs. He's checked your spirit with it, yet you're still ignoring what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do and how he's drawing you into himself. And I don't know if that's out of fear or you're not sure how to do things or, or what it is, if you're living off someone else's faith, but I'm, I'm encouraging you to make that your own this morning. That you don't have to walk around like that anymore. And the enemy is out to destroy you with whatever that is, relationships, struggles, problems, troubles, whatever it is, he's going to try to distract you 
and tell you that this isn't real, but this is the realest thing I've ever experienced in my life. The love of God trumps anything else in my life. That includes my wife and my family. The love of God supersedes it all. And I want you to know that this morning, that God loves you. That God loves you. Wants relationship with you. And it's just a step back towards Him. Take that step back towards Him. Don't walk around feeling numb. Don't walk around questioning, is this real? Because it is. I've seen God do too much in my life for me to question anything else about Him. I don't question Him. I understand that He loves me. I understand that He has the best intentions for me. I don't always understand His plan, but I know that He's real. And I know that He sent His Son Jesus to die for me. And His love is like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And you need to know that this morning. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step and come forward. You're numb right now. You're questioning things. You're thinking about walking away from church or relationships. You're, you're thinking about just quitting it all and doing your own thing. That's the enemy feeding you garbage right now. You've got to recognize it. Surrender that to the Lord this morning. As we continue to sing for a couple minutes, I'm just going to give people an opportunity for what I feel God's put on my heart to share right now. Come. Respond. If it's difficult, grab somebody by the hand. Respond. You are in a dangerous place right now. And God wants to reveal himself to you this morning and call you back to him. In Jesus' name. Still 
moments where the Holy Spirit wants to move and do things, I thank God for those. And I do my best to be obedient to what I feel like he's wanting me to share with people. But you have to respond. And I know over the course of this last couple of years, altar calls have gotten a, lot, a little bit longer. And that's okay with me. I pray that's okay with you because God's doing things in those moments. And sometimes it takes a little priming for hearts to get a little bit softer to respond to what's going on. Now I would encourage you in those moments where we're praying as a church to pray where you're at. Don't just go through the motions of just standing there waiting for it to be over. That's a moment that the Holy Spirit is working in this place. It's a powerful time. I encourage you to be a part of it from your seats or with people. I mean, he stirs things up in the altar time and people respond and, and hearts are, are getting turned back towards Jesus. Be a part of that. You don't know what you might hear from him that might need to be prayed over somebody else. Be obedient in those things. And that's all it is, is being obedient. You get it right all the time? No, but be obedient when you feel like God's telling you something because you don't want people to miss out on it. And I'm thankful for the ones that responded to the word that he had for you about the numbness and just kind of being here. But I appreciate too in that that you still come because there's something to be said of that because you didn't have to get up, you didn't have to get ready, you didn't have to walk in here with the feeling that you had, but God honors that even when you're not feeling like you're close to him. Be obedient. And I, and I told somebody this week, there are dry seasons in your faith. They're difficult. They happen. But God's with us in the desert too. He's still faithful. And you'll come out the other side with that living water that'll well up inside of you from the Holy Spirit and refresh you again. Okay? Love the Lord. I love what he's doing. I want excitement in our church to, to not just be in the church building, but to spill out in our lives outside of here. If we're excited about something, we tell people about it. I know you do. If you're excited about something in life, if you're a new grandparent for the first time, right? You're going to be a new grandparent. Things in your life you're excited about, you tell people, this should be number one. Jesus is number one. Jesus' love is so great. I need to tell you about it. Get over the fear and tell people. It's the only way we're going to grow spiritually, physically, is to tell people about God's love. Get over that fear. Just be obedient. Love you guys. Appreciate you. I'm going to have Nate Burgess close us out in prayer. And just in case he forgets, you're not dismissed. You are. But he's going to pray us out.